podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Lord Almighty, I feel my temperature rising. Mm-hmm. Football fever is burning through to my soul. Yeah, catch, 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 you're gonna set me on fire. My brain is flaming, but I know just where to go. Yeah, the season's kicking off, and the bill will be a rockin'. And Bosco was a talking purple love. Purple love. Bosco's boy. Oh, just a hunk of hunk of purple love. And just a hunk of hunk of purple love. Boom, the boys are back and it is time for probably my favorite episode that we've been doing ever since this show got started. I believe this is either the sixth or seventh appearance really climbing up the list of recurring guests. He is the reigning undisputed Learfield athletics director of the year. I believe he is the only man to ever hire a football big 12 champion head coach and an elite eight uh, participant coach in basketball soon. I mean, you know, he's saying it, it's going to be final four here soon. I'm sure. It is the man, it is the myth, it is the legend. It's my best friend in the entire world, Gene Taylor. Gene, thank you again for coming on the show. Uh, what's your reaction whenever Kenny's like, hey, this Scott guy wants you to come on a podcast again? <laughs> what's your reaction when that email comes through? You know what? I just remember the first time we were on and uh, we were in my office and uh, how fun that was. So, uh, no, I enjoy it. You guys are good and you guys do some good stuff out there and I enjoy coming on. Yeah, eventually, you know, I, I I want to get back in the office, but, you know, you got the day job going on. I'm actually house and dog sitting for my parents over in Italy. You know, they didn't take me. I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah, what's the uh, but, deal with that? But one of these days I'm going to I'm going to get back in there. I almost kind of think, you know, Kenny and then even Ryan, because I came in and we did Chris Kleiman in person as well. They're like, you know, we can't trust this guy inside veneer anymore. You know, we need to keep him, you know, away from the building. So. Uh, one of these days, we'll get back in there. Before we get into all the questions, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor who, who has now been with us officially for a full year, Manhattan Brewing Company. They're doing beers, collaborating with the K-State bath, or, uh, soccer coaches. They've done something with Connor Riley. They've done something with the equipment staff. My question is, when are they going to do a Gene Taylor beer? Gene, my favorite beers are over at Manhattan Brewing Company. I know you you like a, a mass one. We have a nice deal. Case it has a nice deal with a big company. But if you were going to do a craft beer with Manhattan Brewing Company, what sort of beer would it be? Well, Scott, I'm telling you, I'm kind of a pretty light beer kind of guy. So I don't think I'd do anything heavy or dark. I'd have to find something that is maybe a light Pilsner or whatever they call it. So uh, I'm not a big, heavy, dark beer kind of guy. Hey, I, I don't blame you. Golazo, the beer that Coach Dabini and his staff went over there to collaborate with is right up your alley. I had it on Saturday. Absolutely delicious. And, you know, whenever we want to start co- talking contracts, we might talk about one a little bit later. But, 
You know, I, I, I want to become a billionaire, a multi-billionaire and overtake, uh, you know, that, that big brand company. And so I can have a nice Golazo or Towny wheat at K-State sporting events. Yeah. That'd be good. That'd yeah. be good. I'm going to, the, the lottery just went under a billion. So, I mean, I, I'm going to have to figure out some <laughs> other way to become a billionaire. I'll keep working at it. Um, have a lot of uh, more serious questions than we typically ask, but don't worry. We have our silly stuff at the end. I'm going to jump, jump right into it uh, because a lot of changes have been going on at the big 12, even since we last talked. Uh, can you lay out at least from your perspective, how the conversations went at in Colorado and then Utah, Arizona, and then your alma mater, Arizona state to the big 12. What did all those conversations look like from your seat? Yeah, you know, we don't obviously as ADs get in the in the in the detail of, of the negotiation side. You know, uh, Commissioner Ormark just updates us, um, you know, through the presidents and the ADs. And you know, we we knew that there was some interest in Colorado. Brett had updated us quite a bit, and um, everybody felt that everybody in the pick Pac-12 was still waiting to see what the media rights deal was going to turn out to be. I think Colorado had expressed some interest in maybe not waiting for that. Um, and ultimately that's what, what it came down to. We had a, a conference call with the ADs and presidents and Brett said that they, they, they had an interest and they'd send a letter. So uh, the presidents voted them in and, and then it would just kind of sat for a while. Um, and I think the the messaging from anybody else that Brett might've talked to was we're going to wait and see, um, uh, you know, what the, what the, what the deal looked like. And, you know, it was a really a 24 hour whirlwind. It was, um, I was in Colorado last week at some meetings. We had a, a call with the presidents and the ADs about what could potentially happen. Um, obviously, Colorado was already in. Um, we, we, you know, we talked about or he updated us about where the four corner schools were, who we thought was you know, probably most interested in. And, um, you know, and so we kind of honed in on on one. And, and, and then next thing you know, we wake up the next morning and apparently the Pac-12 is going to stay together and, and the rumors about Oregon and Washington. It was already 7.30 Friday morning and, and, and the rumors were that Oregon and Washington weren't going to the Big Ten. Arizona, Arizona State, Utah were going to stay. Uh, the Pac-12 was going to survive and they were going to go out and get Mountain West schools. That was a 7.30. By noon, my phone was blowing up again. I called the commish. I said, commish, what's going on? He goes, well, looks like Oregon and Washington are going to the Pac-12. We need to get on the phone tonight and figure out what our next move is. And sure enough, the next move was the four corner schools. They agreed, and and literally it was it was done. Uh, but it was a crazy twenty four hours. Um, you know, I, I I if I look at it from a bigger picture, I I feel awful for a conference like that that that's you know may not exist anymore. We don't know. There's still four remaining Pac twelve schools that may be able to figure something out, whether they join with the Mountain West and call, still call themselves that or call themselves something different. I don't know. But um, I, I think you know, we knew that Co uh, Commissioner Yormark was going to come in and be aggressive. He, he was not uh, shy about that from the day he stepped foot on podium a couple of years ago. I will tell you, I don't know how I felt two years ago when Texas and Oklahoma announced they were leaving and everybody was talking about where schools were going and K-State and some other schools weren't in that conversation. So I know how bad they feel at Oregon state, Washington state. It's not a good feeling. Washington Cal and, and Stanford. Um, but I know right now that we're in a great position as a conference, uh, 16 teams. I think we've got some great uh, potential matchups, uh, 
fan excitement. Um, you know, obviously there's some travel involved, but we'll have to work that out. But uh, I think commissioners come in after what uh, Bob did and got those uh, four early schools and then expanded to where we are today. And um, we're in a great place. And I think it's going to be great for our conference. So, so looking at that and further expansion, Brett Yormark has been on the record and then there's been a ton of people who at least like to pretend they're insiders on Twitter, uh, which maybe I'll have to ask you questions after we're done recording about some of the uh, uh, fake Twitter insiders. But when it comes to basketball only expansion, what is your personal appetite? Do you think that is something that the Big 12 should look at? Uh, are, are you in favor of that or are you more in favor of trying to stick around this 16 don't have any basketball only expansion and continue to move forward with the 16 we have? Well, you know, I, I think if I go back to where, you know, before we really knew who anybody was going to expand other than the schools we have. Right. I think we threw a lot of stuff up there or, or commissioner Yormark did about potential opportunities. None of it was, imminent you know uh, I think he may have talked to a couple of schools I think there was actually out there publicly of some of the schools that he talked to um, but I think collectively we felt we really wanted to try to stay with 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 the all sport kind of league deal uh, he still feels very strongly that basketball has a could have a major impact on the the next tv deal looks like and you know but I think when I look at who we got from a basketball perspective now in the Big 12, who we have from a football perspective, I would say that we're in a really good spot. I don't know that we would need to continue to look at basketball-only schools. But, you know, again, uh, you have to stay nimble in, in your thought process and how you look at things uh, to, to stay relevant. And so I would, you know, right now I'm very comfortable where we are with the 16. Um, does that mean I wouldn't entertain more conversation depending on the situation? But right now I think we need to get this figured out. We've got a lot of scheduling stuff to deal with. Uh, timing, uh, all those things still. So I think everybody's in a kind of a take a deep breath. Let's get these 16 teams figured out. You know, Oklahoma and Texas are leaving out this year, what the football schedule looks like with the basketball schedule. we got a lot of work to do, and I think we need to stay focused on that right now. You led right into the next thing I wanted to talk about. The last time you and I spoke, we I brought up foot, for, or future football scheduling, future basketball scheduling, uh, do you have a preference again, you know, back when we talked last, it was divisions or pods, protected rivalries, all that type of stuff. We haven't seen a long-term vision on what 16 team scheduling could look like. Yeah. The big Ten's not going to execute what they had. Uh, the sec, my words, not yours being cowards, only playing eight games, one protected game, and then rotating through the seven. Um, I assume we're going to stick with nine conference games, but do you have a preference? Is it, looking similar to that big 10 model where some teams have three protected, some have two, some might not have a protected game. Are you in favor of like pods of four? Uh, the Arizona state AD mentioned possibly going back to divisions. I'd have a meltdown if that happened. Uh, you know, Kenny won't let me probably talk to you if we go back to divisions, uh, but do you have a preference on, uh, you know, the future uh, specifically for football? And if you have any preference for basketball as well. Well, we're actually just, uh, I happen to be on the football uh, scheduling committee from the last time. And, you know, so I, we've recreated that schedule committee because obviously we need to. Um, we haven't really got into any conversations about anything. We, we're actually going to touch on it this week while uh, in Dallas for some uh, Big 12 meetings. Um, 
you know, I, I don't, I'm with you. I'm not sure I want to go back to divisions. I think the biggest conversation is going to be what we do and how we do it and how to affect the opportunities to be in the expanded playoff format. What's the best route to get as many teams in the expanded format to 12 teams. Um, and, and then what does that look like? You know, I do like the nine games. Um, I do want to protect at least a couple of schools. So I think we all have, you know, regional robberies, you know, obviously Utah and BYU are going to want to play each other every year. Arizona, Arizona State, we're going to always want to play KU. We're probably always going to want to play Iowa State. Um, you know, Oklahoma State's going to, you know, so there's always going to, I think you have to have some sort of protected, whether that's two or three or whatever the case may be. Um, so I think that has to be one of our principles. Now, how does that look from a rotation and nine games versus eight? I, I don't think the eight game conversation will come back in the picture. I, I do think the nine, um, but again, you know, the, the big 12, if, when we expand to 12, the selection criteria isn't going to change uh, in terms of how we pick teams, the, the, the matrix that we, you know, the, the way we measure a team is not going to change. We do it now. We still have to pick one through 25. Um, what's going to be different is do we have, you know, six, top rated conference championships or five top rated. And those are conversations that I don't have any control with, but so I think football scheduling is going to have a lot of, you know, tentacles that we're going to have to look at to figure out what's the best way to build a schedule that makes our conference in the best position to be successful. Is there going to be any sort of uh, criteria or any sort of need to say, Hey, everyone's going to play everyone at least twice in a four year period or is it going to be like, hey, we'd like to play everyone as much as possible, but if we come up with something that isn't something that has to be set in stone? Yeah, and again, I think those are what we go we call our scheduling principles and what are the priorities that we want. Um, you know, is it, you know, you don't play three back-to-back road games. And some of those principles are, are definites, you know, that we're ever going to have, we are going to have some protected rivals, whoever that is. You know, is it important that we pay a school at least once every three years? I mean, we could put that in there and figure that out. Um, I think you want to want to play as many as your opponents as you can so your fans can see them. Uh, I don't think you want to play the same teams all the times, but your your fans may want to see a couple of teams on a pretty regular basis. So I think all of that is really those are great questions and, and things we have to really work through. But we don't have a long runway to work through. them. Uh, you know, we're probably you know, we've typically come out with our football schedule, conference schedules in December the year before, right? Uh, whether they'll get there this year, but I mean, you talk about budget planning and, you know, if you're going to be flying from central Florida to Arizona, you need to make sure you know, you know what that's going to look like in your budget. So we, we got to get to work on this pretty quickly. Last one on a uh, future conference schedule. Is it going to be a year by year thing or will it be something where if we feel confident, you know, in the principles, that it might be a maybe not the where on the schedule, but the opponents in like a four year block, or will it just be like, hey, here's your opponents for 2024? We'll figure yeah. everything else. You know, it's interesting. That's a good question, Scott. Um, you know, when we, we were changing because we knew we had, uh, you know, Texas and Oklahoma for a couple of years, then we have the new schools coming in and Texas and Oklahoma will be with them and Texas and Oklahoma leaving. So we only did a two year kind of look at the schedule because looking beyond that, you know, uh, didn't make a lot of sense. Um, I think now that we know who our 16 teams are going to be started in 24 and we're probably pretty sure it's going to be for a while. Uh, I think we may look at a, like a 
I don't know this. This would be my suggestion to the committee that we do look at it a little bit more than a two-year deal. We probably a three or four-year to see what that rotation looks like. I think that only makes sense to me. You're right. It may not be dates. Uh, it just be like who are you going to play this year, this year, home and away. Um, you know, then it's the five, four, you know, if we stay with nine, five, four, then four, five, and how that all looks. And so there's a, there's a lot to it. Um, the good news is we have somebody a lot smarter than me that can put all this stuff in a computer and spit it out so we can look at it. Um, but there, there'll be a lot of uh, zoom calls and it's not just football too. You know, what are we going to do with basketball and are we going to stay at 18? Are we going to go to 20 and all those kind of things are going to be really, really important. And then baseball, is it just going to be a certain number of series and all that stuff? So we, it's a heavy lift over the next few weeks and months, really. You need to tag me in on any of them. Let me know. I have plenty of ideas. Uh, they will, again, probably ban me from Zoom forever if they if I somehow get that call. So well, I'll suggest that we meet tomorrow afternoon. I'll say, hey, I got a guy in Manhattan that he really got some good ideas for scheduling and see if they kick me off the committee. That's <laughs> no, no, no. I, I want you to stay on it. I, I need someone who I can I can give my ideas to and whether okay. you auto file it to, you know, the deleted folder or not. You know, I need I need to at least. <laughs> convince myself someone's listening so there you go uh one i think you've been asked but I'll, I'll i'll ask it just to get it on our podcast arizona and colorado on future schedules colorado is 27 28 arizona 24 25 we've seen the acc in the past play conference games uh that don't count towards the standings as a non-conference uh is there any appetite to do that with Arizona and Colorado or is it, Hey, we need to find new opponents. And if that's the yeah. case, uh, who, who could those opponents possibly be? No, that's a, again, another great question, a fair question really. And then we've talked about it internally is do we suggest that at least uh, for 24, 25? Um, you know, I, I think we, it's a conversation we have to have when we get together and start talking schedule. I know the Arizona AD called me, uh, the, the Colorado uh, AD called, and said, you know, what are we doing? And 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 so I think we have a lot of con- we have a lot of chance to have that conversation. Ultimately, how does that play into everything else we're trying to do? It's it's probably a big piece of that. If if you know us by staying us those two teams as non-conference for the next couple of years screws everything else up in terms of the rotation, can make it really difficult. Um, I'm okay with it if somebody says, hey, you got to play Colorado as a as your non-con power five. I'd be fine with that. Um, I, I'm, I don't know if they would, I'm guessing they would be too as well. Cause again, all of a sudden we take that out, then Arizona, Colorado, us all have to go find other opponents. Now, what is Oregon and, and, and Washington going in the PAC 12? What does that do to their schedule and some of their teams? So there may be something open up, but yeah, it's a, it's a complicated mix and we need to, we need to figure it out. Good deal. Again, uh, I know someone who put together entire matrix from FBSschedules.com. So if you if you need any ideas on future non-con, you know, I I think yeah. Jill Shields is she actually part of yeah, that as she's well? Yeah, she's our scheduling guru. I need to get her on. I mean, yeah, you should. You. I, I need mean, to talk to it's Jill. It's actually be a great conversation because it is interesting how it all unfolds, and she does have a, a matrix that she looks at and you know, the number of teams she talks to and then, you know, who do we want to pay and who do we not? And so she'd be a good, she'd be a good one to talk to about scheduling. Honestly, shame on me for not having her on at this point. Um, I'm, I might have to, I might have to go directly to her so no one can block me out and uh, tell her, Hey, you don't want to talk to this guy. Uh, so the, the final thing when it comes to uh, scheduling, 
currently on the schedule for next year is an away game with Tulane. If that same four or five cycle continues on, it'll be the first time in close to a decade where we would only have six home games for football. Is that something you're looking to change? Or is it like, Hey, you know, once every decade, that's fine. And how does that affect season ticket pricing? If it is only six versus seven? Yeah, no, it's again, another good point. Um, Again, things that Jill and I have talked about how, you know, what can we do? We I know our fans love seven. We love having seven. Our community loves having seven. I think the one year that, you know, we played Stanford in, in Dallas because that gave us an eight game you know, home schedule. That's the only reason we did it. One of the reasons we did it, you know, if, if we can't figure it out, I don't want it to happen at all very often, you know, and then if it's just an anomaly where it's every 10 years, you know, I guess we would have to, that's not what we prefer. We prefer to find a way to have seven home games. Um, how we would do that. I'm not sure, but uh, it's, it's certainly a concern we've had for a while long before, um, you know, all the other changes have happened, but maybe with all the changes, we can find a way to get to get a seventh game. But yeah, it's not something that we really want to have. We want to make sure we always try to have seven home games. Definitely. Just, you know, lots of scheduling questions. We'll move on from scheduling before we do I want to give a shout out to our friends at Charlie hustle. We'll have a Charlie hustle giveaway on the Bosco's boys, Twitter account next week on Monday, they are dropping a brand new line of K state shirts, officially licensed and some NIL shirts as well. Who knows? It's, it's not going to be on this drop. I've seen Gene. I've seen the pictures. Great stuff. No Gene Taylor t-shirts yet from Charlie hustle. I'm going to talk to them. I, I think there needs to be a combo picture. You and me hanging out, watching a game together. <laughs> and that can be the uh, Scott wildcat and Gene Taylor uh, t-shirt. It, it could be a massive seller. I think it would sell out like yeah. immediately. Um, yeah. But let's talk about where there's so much excitement. We're on the verge of four sellouts for K-State football, the first four games and uh some of the best season ticket sales we've had since you've been here, if not the best basketball, just perusing the season ticket availability, getting close to a season sellout just through basketball season tickets, volleyball sold out season tickets. The Nebraska game already sold out women's basketball season tickets going great. How much fun are you having when you see those numbers rolling in and seeing the excitement from K state fans when it comes to purchasing tickets? It's, it's a lot of fun, you know, and it, it, it's a, it's a great, great problem to have, you know, obviously when you start selling out, people get, you know, some frustration because they can't get tickets or can't get additional tickets. And, and so you have that side of things, but I'd much rather be where we are today. And you're right. I think it is probably some of our strongest, particularly basketball sales since I've been here and might be, even be one of the strongest football sales. You're right. Our women's basketball team could has a chance to be really, really good. Um, the volleyball, that venue, if you haven't seen it, uh, it's a beautiful facility. It's going to be a major driver in terms of fan engagement, uh, excitement in the building. You know, you know, Coach Mansfield uh, feels really good about our program. Um, so, I mean, I think there's a, just a ton of energy right now, and and that's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun for our fans, and and uh, a lot of fun for our athletes to walk into full full house venues and and the energy that that everybody brings. So. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good time to be a cat and be a Wildcat fan, and um, we're very very excited about it. And hopefully, we can continue the the energy by having success. Yeah, I when I was a student, I went to probably close to forty volleyball games when I in my four years. Um, I'm not going to be at that Nebraska game; it sold out. But I'm I'm going to be in there, I believe, for that opening uh, game. I can't wait to have that atmosphere. Bat. No offense to Bramlage, we put a lot of volleyball fans in there. 
but I think the it will become the premier venue in the region for volleyball atmosphere. What sort of feather and a cap is that for you and for the donors who helped made that happen? Well, I think, it, again, it just uh, goes back to our donors and, and not just obviously that facility, but all of our facilities, you know, we've, we've had to do it with donor driven funds. We don't get state dollars. Um, we don't get any sort of university dollars. So it's all based on the fact that our donors understand the vision and the importance of, uh, and the impact that uh, athletic facilities have, but not only the opportunity to be successful, but the impact it has on the student athletes. You know, we, we talk about the volleyball venue, the, you know, the, you know, the Morgan family volleyball, but the, we have the Morris family Olympic training center. That thing is tremendous. And that's going to impact literally every athlete we have on campus. Um, you know, they didn't, ha- they had a weight room, but it was a much smaller weight room. Um, their ability to train in there and, and to continue to get better is again, all those things are commitment by our donors to see what was important for student athletes and, the ones that we have taken in there to show them that we're part of the fundraising process have been extremely impressed. And I think they feel really good about how their dollars were were put to use. Final question on tickets, combo passes for students sold out. This is one of the earliest I've seen it ever happen. How many combo passes is it? I know when I was in school, again, renovations have maybe cut it down. It was, I think, 9,500 combo passes. What is the number that you guys sell to students? There is some football only if there's any students who haven't gotten them. But how many uh, combo passes do you guys sell these years? You know, it's probably a better question of our our ticket staff or Joni. I mean, there's there's so many different ways that we – put tickets out to students. I, I kind of know the total numbers of each of those sections. I know basketball is 2000 and football is about 6,500 in terms of seats, how those are sold. And we know that, you know, not every student shows up every game and it's general admission. So we, you know, probably push that number as much as we can. Um, but I know those numbers are up and I know that we're, uh, again, the, the students bring a lot of energy and they bring a lot of excitement and they, bring a lot of fun to all of our venues and it's, it's great to see uh, those numbers because it, it does help the energy in the building. Perfect. Uh, one question we'll, we'll just touch on it here. A lot of, a lot of stuff's been made about uh, the team apparel deals, uniforms, shoe deals, all that type of stuff. What, if any update, can you give the boneheads uh, on the status of those <laughs> conversations? Well, we've been working on it for a while. Um, our Nike deal uh, by contract is up in 2024. So we're getting into the window that we have to make a decision. We have talked to a lot of potential partners and we just have to come to the final decision of what's the best route to go. Um, and it's a big decision, you know, uh, obviously our fans um, really love our program and want to support it, but uh, we want to make sure we, we, we do what's best for our student athletes and, and our apparel opportunities and our licensing opportunities. So we haven't made a decision, but we're in a window that we got to get the decision made here in a, in a very short order. Awesome. And then the final question before we end with four kind of fun ones, uh, I don't think you thought I'd go this long without asking, but what is the status for football season when it comes to general concession, beer and wine sales and the uh, re-entry policy for this season? You know, I, I, I'm shocked that you asked that, you know, I really can't believe you asked that question. I, j- just for the record, I, I've stopped asking for the, ask the AD stuff. I, I tried to, I tried to switch it up because I know that I'm going to talk to you in August. I'll, I'll get the answer, right. whether I like the answer or not uh, in August. So I don't ask during ask the AD anymore and shout yeah. out to Brian Smoller. We're going to have him on the show this week as well to preview volleyball and soccer this season. 
Uh, but what yeah, is the status for that decision this year? Well, this decision we're still at, we're still the uh, exit reentry for this season. Uh, beer sells just like they have been in the in the very sp- specified locations, and it's just another conversation that we're going to have. Uh, um, it, you know, it just it really is a decision that what's best for our fans, what's best for everybody. You know, I think we have to talk about you know the physical facility that if we we do not have exit reentry, our concession stands ready to go to manage that that volume and do we have enough restrooms and all those kind of things that you know once you once you leave you know 10 or 12 13,000 people out it does take a little pressure off the concession stands and the restrooms and if they all stay in for a you know halftime period that we so there's we still got to work through some things before we pull that trigger uh, at some point is it kind of a not if but when and it's kind of figuring that stuff out before you implement it or what has yeah, kind that's of a, the I mean, I don't know been. if I can go that far, but I think it's something that we have to get decided and either say, you know what, now I can't tell you that, you know, that we may have an outside influence that says, look, guys, you can't be doing this anymore. Uh, there's a there's a fan safety, there's a you know safety protocol, all those things. I don't know that yet, but um, we, we do need to get it figured out and we need to be ready. So when we do, if we do go that route, everything else is in place. So it doesn't cause frustration from the fans perspective. And then the last thing on that, I, I know it, you know, it, there's usually a viral tweet or two for a home game, getting that picture of the stands, not being quite full at that kickoff. Does that affect your decision at all? Or is that kind of like, Hey, we wish that tweet wouldn't happen, but we have to do what's right for, you know, our facilities and what the fans want. No, it's, it's, it's a big deal, right? You know, you get some pretty good games and the kickoff of the third quarter and, you know, you look over there and it takes a while for everybody to get back in and, and, you know, and then sometimes if the game isn't great by halftime, then they don't come back in and that's not fun either. So um, I think it's all part of the equation. All right. We'll end with four quick ones that, uh, you know, it's, it's only traditional for the fun ones. The first one is what was the first date you ever took your wife on? Man, uh, that's a great question. Uh, see, so here's what's hard is my wife and I were friends um, before we started dating. So we did a lot of stuff, just the two of us, and we were just kind of friends hanging out, right? Uh, and then we kind of realized that maybe we liked each other a little bit more than friends. So I, I, I can't pinpoint that one day and say, boy, that was the first one because like we were in Annapolis, so we would we all had boats. We'd go skiing, and then we'd all go to dinner. And sometimes you go, "Hey, let's go play racquetball," or you know, we played on the same softball team. So there was a lot of interaction. So I can't point to like the first real date we had because we hung around so much before that. So that's a tough answer. Well, so I'm gonna follow up. This isn't one of our four funny ones, but who had who in the friend zone? Did she keep you in the friend zone? Were you keeping her in the friend zone? I think what was, it was going mutual? on there. I mean, mutual. I really do. So, so she had you in the friend zone. Yeah, pretty much. Mutual. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was, <laughs> she was. She, she had an arm's distance on me. That's right. <laughs> well, 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 there you go. Um, among the Big Twelve ads, who would you say is the class ca- or class clown? Excuse me. Boy, they'd probably have to point to me or Jeremiah. Now, now I was. I should say this. It's actually CDC from Texas. So I was more thinking you know future but cdc is always the he was always a jokester now we haven't seen him much in person because we did mainly zoom with those guys but um my first meeting was one of my first meetings was on may out in, in scottsdale and he was the oh, the chair and 
he was hilarious. So I, I say I think most people point to CDC. But now that he's gone, you, you might have to be uh, taking up that honor then. I may have to a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. There you go. The, the third... We have a lot of new faces now, so it'll be interesting. That is true. That is true. And, and you know, uh, your contemporary at Arizona State, he sure knows how to make jokes about uh, Morgantown. So uh, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> who knows what he might be saying in the future? I'm not, I'm not going there. That'll be interesting when they meet for the first time in a meeting. So, <laughs> Well, I, I think I think him and the university president made a nice donation to a food bank out there. And I, it sounds like I, I've read into it because at first I was like, what is this guy saying? It sounds like it might have been taken a little bit out of context and Twitter went wild like it sometimes does so yeah uh it was it it was a funny introduction to the mountaineers fans for him i'm sure uh the third one have you ever had a more agonizing game than the big 12 championship not being able to be on the field like you usually are and around administrators uh while they're probably watching you watch that game no uh, that was agonizing it really was um I told the team, I said, you know, guys, I'll do it again in a heartbeat if I have to say because I got one more year on the committee. So if we happen to be lucky enough to end up in the championship game, I'd be happy to deal with it again. Uh, but it wasn't – It was. Uh, it, it, I was glad that they won. It would have been harder to not be there had they not won that game. Uh, but the fact that they won and they were celebrating, they could have cared less if I was there or not. But uh, that was that was hard to – that was not easy, I'll be honest with you. And and I've seen you, uh, you know, at basketball games. I've seen you at football games. You're an animated watcher. So were you were you kind of buttoned up? Did you keep the language PG in there? Or were you just letting it fly? No, actually, I I asked permission and they gave it to me because our game wasn't against any other games. If we had been against another game, I'd had to be with the full committee. But because we played at 11 a.m., there were no other significant games being played. So I was allowed to go to my room, and I was rather out a- animated. Um, and, and matter of fact, the cleaning lady came and knocked on my door late in the game. I told her to come back. She said she couldn't. So I had her come in. I, she cleaned the bedroom portion of my hotel room and then she moved into the bathroom area. And that's when Max Dugan made the long run to get down to the goal line. And, um, I said a lot of bad words and, uh, maybe had a little excitement and she came out of the bathroom thought I was the crazy man. And so she left right away. So I scared the heck out of the poor cleaning person, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, I, I, I do it again, but it's not something I want to do on a regular basis. Well, I mean, I think you need to take one for the team if it guarantees another Big 12 championship. Yep, so, I will I absolutely mean, take take one for the team. It is what it is. And then the final one, it's the way we've ended every show we've had on you. Over the last 12 months, what is the most extreme, over-the-top, angry email or tweet you've received? Well, you know, based on the year, um, it's been pretty good. Um, I was going to say, maybe like in the last like 48 hours, 72 hours, it might have qualified. Yeah, I would say, you know, I didn't see a lot of Twitter about the, you know, what apparel brand we were going to go with. I guess that happened over the weekend. I was gone. I got, so I don't know anything that was directly at me, but, uh, you know, it's been pretty quiet. I got to be careful. I say that next thing you know, I'm going to get a pretty nasty email or somebody to tweet at me, but uh, it's been pretty good so far this year. Well, that's disappointing. One of the greatest moments of all time, the very first time we came in there, you referenced a tweet that was actually from 
co-founder and former co-host Grant. So I was hoping we could get a replication of that, but you know, we might just have to wait for next year to see what angry emails or tweets come up. I'll have to, I'll have to keep them, uh, keep them handy just so we, we, when we redo this next year, I'll be able to pull it up. So. Well, perfect. I mean, I, I had a, I, I could have probably kept you for two hours. So I might actually try to get you on in December. So maybe, you know, over the next six months, you know, five, six months, maybe keep, keep an eye on your email and tweets, uh, but that's all we have. Uh, what would you like to tell the boneheads or any other K state fans who might be tuning into this episode? Well, I just appreciate the boneheads out there that, that are still supporting us. Um, like I said, look, I think we're going to have a, another fun year. Uh, you know, it doesn't get any easier, you know, and uh, we just need their support all the way through and stay tuned, uh, you know, for what our decision is with the apparel issue that probably be down the road here sooner rather than later. And uh, just keep, keep hanging in there with us and keep, keep uh, supporting us. I love it, Gene. As always, thanks for coming on. And uh, Boneheads, that's all we have. Be on the lookout. If you're listening to this on release day, we'll be going live. We'll have a live show on Zoom on Wednesday, 7 p.m. And you guys will be hearing from the great Brian Smoller at the end of the week where we preview the volleyball and soccer season. So for Gene Taylor, for my dog Chauncey, the best dog in the world, we love you guys and go Cats. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on. For Kansas State, the feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you want to be. With Kansas State, come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the cat attack. Kansas State, excitement's in the air. Kansas State, the fun is being there. Having a good time there. Purple and white we share. Showing our colors everywhere. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the Podcast Network.